Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about thrombocytopenia. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash thrombocytopenia or in the hematology section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Thrombocytopenia describes a low platelet count. The normal platelet count is 150 to 450 times 10 to the power of 9 per litre. There's a long list of causes of a low platelet count and these can be split into problems with production of platelets and problems with destruction of platelets. Reduced platelet production can occur with certain viral infections, for example the Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus and HIV, B12 deficiency, folic acid deficiency or folate deficiency, liver failure which causes reduced thrombopoietin production by the liver and thrombopoietin is what stimulates the production of platelets, leukemia, myelodysplastic syndrome and chemotherapy. Increased platelet destruction can occur with medications for example sodium valproate and methotrexate, alcohol, immune thrombocytopenic purpura or ITP, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura or TTP, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia or HIT and hemolytic uremic syndrome or HUS. Let's talk about the presentation. Mild thrombocytopenia may be asymptomatic and found incidentally on a full blood count. A platelet count below 50 times 10 to the power of 9 per litre will result in easy bruising and prolonged bleeding times. It may present with nosebleeds, bleeding gums, heavy periods or menorrhagia, easy bruising, hematuria or blood in the urine or rectal bleeding. Platelet counts below 10 times 10 to the power of 9 per litre are at high risk of spontaneous bleeding. Particularly concerning are intracranial bleeding or bleeding that can affect the brain and gastrointestinal bleeding, for example bleeding in the stomach or the bowel. Let's talk about the differential diagnosis for abnormal bleeding. The clotting system creates blood clots to stop bleeding and there are several ways that this system can malfunction. The top differentials for abnormal or prolonged bleeding to remember are thrombocytopenia, von Willebrand disease, haemophilia A and haemophilia B and disseminated intravascular coagulation, usually secondary to sepsis. Next let's talk in more detail about immune thrombocytopenic purpura. Immune thrombocytopenic purpura or ITP can also be called autoimmune thrombocytopenic purpura, idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura and primary thrombocytopenic purpura. They all refer to the same condition. 
Immune thrombocytopenic purpura is a condition where antibodies are created against platelets. These antibodies create an immune response against platelets, leading to them breaking down or their destruction and a low platelet count. It characteristically presents with purpura, which are non-blanching lesions caused by bleeding under the skin. Care involves monitoring the platelet count, controlling the blood pressure and suppressing menstrual periods. Management options include prednisolone or steroids, IV immunoglobulins, thrombopoietin receptor agonists, for example avatrombopag, rituximab, which is a monoclonal antibody that targets B cells, and splenectomy. A tom tip for you, B cells produce antibodies. Rituximab is worth remembering as a monoclonal antibody that targets the CD20 proteins on the surface of B cells. By attacking B cells and reducing their numbers, it reduces the production of antibodies that are responsible for autoimmune disease. Rituximab is used to treat many autoimmune conditions, from rheumatoid arthritis to immune thrombocytopenic purpura. Next let's talk about thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. Thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura or TTP is a condition where tiny thrombi or blood clots develop throughout the small blood vessels using up platelets. As the problem is in the small vessels it's described as a microangiopathy and this causes thrombocytopenia or a low platelet count purpura, which are non-blanching lesions, and tissue ischemia and end organ damage due to the blood clots blocking the blood flow to these areas. The reason for these thrombi developing is due to a problem with a specific protein called ADAMTS13. This protein normally inactivates von Willebrand factor, reduces platelet adhesion to vessel walls, and reduces thrombus formation. Deficiency in the ADAMTS13 protein can be due to an inherited genetic mutation, which means it's hereditary, or autoimmune disease where antibodies are created against the protein. This is where it's acquired during the patient's lifetime. Treatment is guided by a hematologist and may involve plasma exchange steroids and rituximab. Finally, let's talk in more detail about heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. Heparin-induced thrombocytopenia or HIT involves the development of antibodies against platelets in response to heparin, usually unfractionated heparin, but it can occur with a low molecular weight heparin. Heparin-induced antibodies target a protein on platelets called platelet factor 4, or PF4. The condition typically presents around 5-10 to days after starting treatment with heparin. HIT antibodies bind to platelets and activate the clotting system, causing a hypercoagulable state and thrombosis, for example deep vein thrombosis. They also break down platelets and cause thrombocytopenia. 
Therefore, there is a counterintuitive situation where a patient is on heparin, has a low platelet count, but still develops abnormal blood clots. Diagnosis is by testing for HIT antibodies on a blood sample. Management involves stopping heparin and using an alternative anticoagulant guided by a specialist, for example, Fondaparinux or Argatraban. Thanks for listening to this episode on thrombocytopenia. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about von Willebrand disease.